0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome into to the Husker 24-7 podcast. It is a Friday in June and that means an official visit weekend is going to be underway very shortly and so we're having a quick podcast today to kind of run through Nebraska's Official visitors for this first weekend in June. And my guest here with me, guest co-host? Get I called you. How do you feel about being a guest, Brian? Do you, do you want to be a me? guest? I'll be you. you want to be a co-host?
0: I don't need I don't need any special labels. You can put me down as low on the on the ladder as you want. That's fine.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know. I feel bad about that. I feel like guest insinuates that you're not you're not on here doing. I mean, I would say i I think you're on the podcast the most. I'm on it the second most, and then Brunts. So I, I mean calling you a guest is sort of an insult, I feel like.
0: No, I think it's fair in this case. Um, I'm 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 here to learn as much as anything. I'm I'm like I'm I, I will offer a few comments, but I, I want to hear about this weekend from you. Um <laughs> an expert.
1: Okay. Well, we'll start with this. Definitely not an expert, but we'll start with this. Nine visitors expected in this weekend. Um You look at that list, Brian, I put it out. There's a, there's a free visit preview. Uh, If anybody's listening to this, it's a good companion guide for the conversation. Free visit preview at at Husker 24 seven right now, you can learn about the nine guides that are going to be on campus. And then, uh, you know, we got some VIP tidbits on the message board. We've got some VIP stories on some of the visitors as well, but you can, you know, you can get the nine names and all of that and we'll run through it. Who, who kind of, intrigues you i mean not you don't have to give us a full breakdown of anybody but who sort of as you size up the the guest list this weekend who are you intrigued by even if you're just looking at the base profile and and a recruiting rank
0: well people will probably jump to mario buford first just because of the connection to um his brother and the and the family being tied into the program and i've always felt like nebraska had a really good opportunity with him so now it feels like we're of the nitty-gritty time with him you know where like it, that something's gonna happen probably i would assume pretty soon with some of these guys and uh this is a big visit to maybe set forth uh some things in motion there so he's interesting to me obviously um you know pi from from central that's a big deal when you have such a in an in-state lineman that we've been uh, marveling about his size for a couple of years and now we're kind of to the moment too, where he's got big decisions ahead. Um, but I guess the other one, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you is uh, Ja'Cory Barney um, out of the Miami area. And it just feels like there's some strong connections with, you know, several players on this team um, who, who are recent additions to the roster over the last cycle or so. And obviously this coaching staff, I think just has a strong foot, Hold in that area. Obviously, Evan Cooper does. Phil Simpson. All those guys just know it uh, backwards and forwards. And I think there's a trust from players that come out of there in some of the guys who are on this staff at Nebraska. And so, even though it seems like they're coming far away from home to check this place out, I think they're going to feel like uh, they're a little bit in their backyard in the way um, you know coaches can talk to them about certain things.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I definitely think that's fair. So I. I look at this grouping and I think all of these guys are sort of intriguing for different reasons entirely. I mean, I look at a a guy that I just added to the list yesterday and Joseph Anderson. I mean, that's six foot six, 210 pounds, explosive triple jump state champion uh, from Missouri, son of an NFL player and Benny Anderson who played for the Ravens, started for the Ravens uh, like 30, 40 some games between 2001 and 2005. Um, you know, this is this is a guy that it kind of almost feels like he's a little under the radar. He's in that St. Louis area that's been the Bermuda Triangle of Nebraska recruiting for the last decade. I mean, so I, I look at a Joseph Anderson, and he really is intrigued. And, and you know, talking with his coach, as I did on Thursday, uh, I heard from Coach Snyder at Westminster there that he is, uh, you know, he really – elevated Nebraska to the first official visit because he felt like Nebraska elevated him as a recruit. Like he he kind of felt his offer level was one thing. And then Nebraska came in and more power five teams have started to kind of take a look at him. And he's got a good relationship with Rob Dvorak. Uh, he really likes the work that Matt Rule's done. He's kind of a student of football. And so I, I think they have, you know, uh, potentially a great opportunity with someone like Joseph Anderson. And here's another reason why I think it kind of matters. His other key official visit in the month of June, Iowa. So it's kind of one of those things where you don't really want to be, want to be playing against them. Here's the other thing. If I was recruiting a kid as a second level player, Nebraska needs to probably be recruiting that same kid. Like that's how it, that's how it feels like right now. And so I think Joseph Anderson could set up for sort of an interesting battle there. William Nettles was out here for the spring game, um, you know, in, in April. And he's someone that Evan Cooper has identified as a cornerback that he really likes. He had a better year probably as a wide receiver, uh, for Dallas Christian School, but he is a uh, he's a corner on Nebraska's board, and he's someone to kind of keep an eye on. I'm glad you said Jacory Barner. Talking to Will Turboff, our colleague, I think that's certainly one to watch. Uh Carlone Jones is a yeah. teammate of Bryce Turner's. He's coming out here. He had a monster year. If you talk to the Bay City folk, they love Bryce Turner. They think Carlone Jones is a more kind of surefire d1 football player and so he is uh he's someone Terrence Knighton's going to be working on that could be a connection with Bryce Turner that could help Nebraska there there's all of these visitors have these little pieces that kind of make them intriguing for different reasons you have two defensive backs out of Texas and Morgan and Carter uh two safeties that I think Evan Cooper has already kind of got his his hooks into and and they're they're kind of Texas Tech recruiting battles too, a little bit. And so you get the Maguire versus Maguire. So there's no shortage of storylines in this class. Um, you know, so that kind of ran through it a little bit quickly on some of those names. Is there anybody, Brian, that you really you want to deep dive on that you wanna I kind I of want... did it with with Joseph Anderson. Is there another player that you're particularly intrigued by in this group?
0: Well, tell me a little bit more about and the listeners about Peyton Morgan. Just because uh, I know he's a well-rated recruit, but what 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 do you know about him? What do you think about where his recruitment's at as he heads to Lincoln?
1: I think he's towards the top of the board at safety uh, yeah. for Nebraska. I mean, he's a he's a great athlete. I mean, we're talking about a multi uh, multi-track sport athlete that tracks the ball really well. I mean, you know, you look at a lot of their their defensive backs that they're they're charging after. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys are are kind of ball hawks. Like it's pretty common to see five, six, seven, eight interceptions in a season for a lot of these people that they're going after. But um, so I I think that Peyton Morgan kind of fits in that mold. I mean, he's got a good frame to him as well. Uh, Someone that, uh, again, you're trying to pull out of Texas. And we're going to see a lot of this, uh, the sort of that Texas Tech background as well. I mean, so I, I got the numbers finally pulled up here. He had 85 tackles and five interceptions in nine total games. Uh, and he's, he is, you know, again, um, going off a little bit of what Will Turboff has told me he's looking really hard um, at Nebraska and just he may not need another official visit. I believe he's already been to tech. Uh, and so this is his trip to Nebraska and he's the highest rated guy in this weekend. And that would be, you know, be a pretty big commitment if they're able to get that. I, I really, it feels like, Brian, um, we've talked about this in the past. It feels like Nebraska is going to have six, seven guys in this class from the state of Texas alone. They already got a mm-hmm. few. Yeah, And I, I think we're going
0: to see the expansion of that here in the month of June. You meant, uh, you might have mentioned him. Um, Amari Sanders is uh, playing on Visiting, right? And he has a basketball background. His brother, I think, is it's a good basketball player. What more do you know about him?
1: Yeah, he is, uh, he's pretty new um, to football. I mean, we're seeing that with a couple of these visitors. Joseph Anderson's only played a few years. I think Amari Sanders has only played a couple couple seasons, really. And uh, he was effective for Gulliver Prep. I mean, he had 49 tackles, seven pass breakups, two interceptions, played in just eight games. You mentioned he's got an older brother who plays for Notre Dame, Tony Sanders. Uh, so he's someone that I think Nebraska, we're going to see a lot of this. I mean, I, I think there's an athletic profile Six-foot-two, he's 180, 190 pounds, someone that can maybe redirect wide receivers out of their route. We saw it you know, under Bo Polini with a guy like Stanley John Baptiste. When you get that long-armed cornerback in the Big Ten that can be physical, you can take a lot of receivers out of their game. And so I think he'd be more of a developmental kind of guy, but it's an opportunity to get him up, size him up in person. I think he's probably a little bit lower on the cornerback board, certainly lower than a guy like Mario Buford. One of the things that's that's really interesting, and this ties into someone like Caleb Benning, who's not visiting this weekend. He hasn't set an official visit yet. They've got a lot of defensive backs and only a finite amount of spots. And so, um, you know, I I think you're going to get if you get a couple of commitments out of this weekend from some DBs, it's really going to put some pressure on some guys to have to make some decisions Mm -hmm. or or kind of outline, you know, where they're at in this whole thing. So, um, you know, I I look at Amari Sanders and he's maybe on the back end of the board in my mind, but if the gate is open for him to commit, that's going to put more pressure on, you know, a a guy like William Nettles uh, or Mario Buford or whatever, because there's only going to be so many cornerback spots.
0: That's William Speedy Nettles to you, right? Speedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Caleb Pie from um, off the bat and, the intrigue in him. I think, uh, I believe you put in a crystal ball recently regarding him. Um, Just what's, what's your thought on that one? Because that of course will be one of like the top two or three. Most fans around here are tracking just because of their knowledge of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think he is going to be an interesting spot here this summer. I think he would like to have more options in terms of visits. I don't think he's ready to shut things down, but I also think Nebraska Mm -hmm. has such an advantage that um, I, I think he's a little bit in the spot where Malachi Coleman was, where teams aren't necessarily as interested to bring you out for an official visit because I think you're going to end up in Nebraska anyways. So, um, you know, Pie from is going to visit Nebraska again this weekend. He was here for the red and white game. He was here for multiple visits in the spring. Uh, he's going to go to Clemson to work out next weekend. He's got family. His mom lives down in South Carolina. And so Clemson, I think, is a school that he's certainly interested in. But we'll see, you know, they're talking with our people in our network. They're not necessarily looking to take a lot of offensive linemen. But they have a few that are going to be working out for their, their kind of high-profile camps. And uh, one of them is Pyfrom. And so if he if he connects there, suddenly Clemson goes into the picture and that could change things. But I just think where it looks at, you know, Nebraska is so much ahead of where Minnesota and Illinois places he hasn't visited yet are. Those are his other two official visits. Uh, I just, I like where things are at. And I also think a big part of this weekend for Caleb Pyfrom is to spend more time around Donovan Rayola. You know, when you talk about his recruitment, it's a lot of Matt Rule. a lot of keith williams who's a you know recruiting staffer but he's not the position coach Mm -hmm. and it's not a lot of of donovan rayola so i think it's going to be big for him to to kind of connect there and see where things land i I, they've talked um certainly so it's not like they they haven't had conversations but i think it's an opportunity for for rayola to kind of cement you know um his status as the offensive line coach and and really kind of drive home like hey i'm gonna be the guy coaching you and he's He's popular within the the offensive line position room, so I would imagine he shouldn't have a hard time connecting with a guy as as affable as as Caleb Piper.
0: This is obviously just the start. As we finish up this pod, you know that the end of June is going to be a huge uh, recruiting weekend. I think it's the 23rd kind of book or like 24th. It a twenty third, twenty fourth. Yeah, bit. yeah. This one is a solid start, and that one I think even has a few more guys lined up. I guess just sort of this is a real general question. You can take however you, you want to go with it. But, like, what are what are your expectations for this month? You know, everybody on the board always asks, like, how many commits do we, is he over or under five or six, you know, or is it less than that on who could raise their hand this month? What are you thinking about this cycle about what could happen? I know it's just guesswork.
1: You know, the, the thing that's really interesting about Matt Rua Baylor is he had a lot of, like, what you would call avalanche points where, there's just, you know, a certain week or two stretch where they would get six, seven, eight, ten commitments. And we haven't seen that quite yet. It was pretty steady in December and late January. I think there was probably a handful that were coming through at that time. Um, but I I wonder if we couldn't see something like that here in June, because when we talk about some of these guys, like I don't know how many visits to Barney really needs. I don't know. You know, Mario Buford might be ready to shut things down uh carter nelson could be done with everything here at the end of the month you could see maybe one of the bell west guys joining daniel kalen as as part of this class caleb, caleb Pyfrom and caleb benning both of whom want to go into the season with it maybe there's things change because of how the board changes and there's only a finite amount of spots left so i i think because of all of that and there's some guys in there like what if peyton morgan just decides to commit this weekend i mean what if you know uh, the the kid from Cibolo Steel, uh Carter? I can never think of his first name, Deontay. I think Deontay Carter. Uh, what if he decides to to commit um this weekend? I mean, so there's there's always a possibility of, of people just shutting things down. You have some midweek visitors that are gonna be really intriguing here, and Caden Massey and and um you know uh Eccles from, from Houston. I'm blanking on his first name. Cohen How many first names Cohen, Was that?
0: Eccles. Cohen Eccles, I believe. Cohen
1: Eccles, yeah. There's a there's a recruit that I used to cover named Hunter Eccles a long time ago. And that's what I was I was trying to avoid saying that. So um I, I think that I wouldn't be shocked if they end up with five or six commitments out of the month. But I also think that there's no reason that it has to be limited to that either. Like they could build a big chunk of their class out of this month. We see other programs do it. We haven't seen it as much from Nebraska, mm-hmm. but this is a recruiting staff and this is a head coach that has definitely had some avalanche type, you know, weeks and commitments. And maybe that's coming. Um, you know, they put in a lot of work in building some of these relationships. And, and I think in some of these cases, they're the school recruiting some players the hardest. So if they get out here and they really like Nebraska and they feel like they don't have to take more visits or if they want to protect a spot and they're just done, um, you know, I, I we could see some early fireworks in the month of June, too.
0: Yeah. A final thought is this, this is kind of interesting to me. I think rule really kind of enjoyed, even though it seemed like a rush at the end where you have like a month or two to put your class together. I think he liked the fact that they were able to like watch senior film on guys or, and kind of evaluate it the old school way where you, you could get some of those late rising prospects. So I'm kind of intrigued now that they had more time in this cycle, if they still want to save a little room there for those type of players where you get a few you know, you guys you think are diamonds who sort of develop in September and October with their film, and you're like, God, that guy's a good player as a senior. We need to offer him or whatever.
1: I kind of get the feeling, Brian, that they're always going to have like one to two to three spots for that maybe to just kind yeah. of keep an eye on guys. I mean, it's a great local example. Uh, they have already offered nine guys in state, but somebody that they're excited to have come in to camp here in June is, is Preston Okafor. Who has an offer from you and I and an offer from Montana State, uh, could be a wide receiver, most likely a defensive back. You know, another guy that's just big and tall and a track athlete. Obviously, the family lineage, Collins Okafor, older brother played at Nebraska as a running back from, from Omaha West Side and, and all of that. So I they're they're definitely gonna be keeping, you know, Dash Bauman from Lincoln East is someone that I think falls in that category where he could be kind of a similar to an Isaac Gifford, where it's a little bit Uh, a bit of a tweener but such a good athlete that you don't want to like close that door I think they have guys like that in state and there's probably a few guys in the state of Texas that they're going to keep on a radar like that and 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 things of that nature so I I don't think the door is ever going to be shut in terms of adding talent under Matt Rule Um, and you're right I mean he definitely talked A lot about how much he'd like being able to watch senior film and and coming through and and finding guys that maybe other people didn't have room for or weren't paying attention to. So I think that's always going to be part of it. But I think just as a way that this has to work so you can kind of move forward, you do want to have the bulk of your class done before the season even starts.
0: Yeah, and you want to be able to, I mean, jump ahead to the next cycles and really dial in on that. So, yeah, I think that's good stuff. Uh, That's all the questions I had for you. You're off the uh, hot seat now. I'm off the hot seat? All right, how about that? So,
1: yeah, we're going to have all the coverage that you could possibly want of of Nebraska's recruiting efforts here in the month of June. Camp season starts on Sunday. They're going to have camps going already. We'll see, uh, you know, what comes of that, who's over there, what it looks like. Uh, how they run camps relative to Frost and Riley and everybody else. They're going to have one Friday night lights camp on June 16th here uh, this summer. They're going to have team camps going on. They're going to have a fullback camp BC. Are you, are you excited about the possibility of a fullback camp?
0: I don't mind it. Um, Do you yeah, think whatever.
1: fullback camp is just an excuse to bring back all the old fullbacks and let them like get on the field and, and blow the whistle and, and talk about the glory days a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> If it is, Nebraska fans will eat it up. Um, it's 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 just one of those buzzwords. I mean, f- some of those fullbacks, if they get some old guys to come back, I mean, those are the guys. As I've all, I always write this, they're like the passwords people use to protect their bank accounts. So uh, I think people will be fine with it if that's the case. Let's
1: let's throw in a little extra for the for the listeners. What's a Mount Rushmore of fullbacks at Nebraska look like? Oh
0: right? no, that's like a dangerous topic to be. Oh, people on.
1: have their favorites.
0: Yeah. You I never mean, know
1: when you're gonna run into someone from Neely that's letting you have it because you didn't say enough good things about Tyler Legate.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Schlesinger's gotta be on it. I mean, I mean,
1: he's my number one. Yeah. The man, the man was a garbage man for my family at
0: times. Mo- most famous uh Nebraska touchdown in mm-hmm. school history, you could say. And uh beyond that, just had a good NFL career.
1: Now that's a question. Most famous touchdown in Nebraska history. Is that more famous than the the, the crouch one I mean I know one led to the national title
0: that's a question but, we shouldn't burn right now we should save that for like okay. uh July All right, I like that I like that <laughs> keep that All right one. so schlesinger's on there okay um Joel macavica um has to be on there one
1: macavika is on for sure
0: I mean you could say uh jeff would you Joel was did joel have a little bit more I don't want to get I think joel you'd go in here but
1: I think Joel's the more notable of the
0: the Macavicas. Joel Um, There's some good guys though, like in the 70s and 80s. Like um, <clears throat> Brian Carpenter was a really good fullback. Um, so I, I start with Joel McAvicka and uh, Schlesinger, and then I, I want to like remove myself and think about it and open <laughs> it up to the listeners to say, no, you're forgetting this guy, you dunderhead, you know, and uh, start shouting at 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 their uh, computer right now.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So, people, uh, get your get your fullback Mount Rushmore's put together. Tweet at us. We'll put a thread up on the message board. People can participate in it that way. I don't really have a great answer for you because I don't. I my my knowledge of fullbacks basically starts with Corey Schlesinger, and so then I add a Macavica, and then after that, we're getting into. You're getting into it looking a little bit different. Like I obviously mentioned Tyler Legate. You could throw Andy Janovich in there if you wanted to. But he never
0: really played he didn't get a chance to do it much at Nebraska. His biggest
1: moment it was as a running back.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd have to look back at what Frank did. I mean, I don't remember what his actual like how he was used. And so I mean, you could really go back, and there's definitely some guys in the seventies and eighties that um would would belong in the conversation. Brian Carpenter was one of my favorites. I don't know if he's on the Mount Rushmore, um, but against Colorado in 1989, the big game, they threw a screen pass to him and uh, he ripped off a 51 yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. And he, it was like, he, he appeared to be running like a four, He had so much adrenaline to me on that play. Um, so, People can go back and look that at YouTube, but he he has a, a strong place in my heart uh, for what he was doing as a Husker when I was a kid. I think Micah Hybel was a fullback when I was a kid. I don't, but anyway, yeah, I I
1: feel like I have to at least admit this. So I'm not a fraud. I don't know. I don't know. Brian Carpenter. I don't know that name. That's a that's a totally that's all right. This is a Junior he, Miller moment all over again. I'm going to get yelled at.
0: Well, I can't remember how many years he actually started, but you know how when you're like eight or nine years old, which I oh, was yeah. in that season, like the guys who played on that those Husker teams, were, they were like the best football players yeah. ever in the world to me. You know, like guys like Dana Branson and those type of players. I, like no one in the NFL was better than those guys as far as I was concerned. So, yeah. yeah. No, I,
1: I, I totally get that. I just happened to fall at eight years old in 1995, so in 94 and – So basically for me at that time period, they were the best players because, you know,
0: 1989, though, one of the Husker possible could have been great Husker seasons. They lose a six point game at Colorado and a two versus three game. Jerry Godowski had an amazing year. That was a that's an interesting we can revisit seasons like that in a July podcast as well. That seems
1: like a that seems like a good podcast right there. The, The seasons, the top seasons that could have been.
0: What could have been? Yeah, we have to do that. Yeah, I think
1: I think people would love that. Well, wow. they would love it and then get kind of in their feels a little about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's sports for you. All right. We uh, that's what we got for you. Everyone have a great weekend. We're going to have plenty of coverage. All things recruiting uh, for a month. We've got a great deal going right now. If you're not a VIP subscriber, you can either look at locking in. Uh, you know, uh, cheap couple first months, or you can get 60% off an annual. So be sure to check that out. That's going to be going on for a couple weeks here at the beginning of the month. So we highly encourage it with all the news that should be happening out of recruiting alone. And then, of course, we're going to have most indispensable Huskers. We're going to have plenty of content about the team and the season ahead. And Michael Brunch will return to this podcast at some point soon. Uh, So you will see him, and he'll have plenty of coverage on Husker 24-7 as well. For Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Shaver. We're Husker 24-7. We'll catch you next week with more podcast content. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever,
0: or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.